Hello and a very warm welcome to the first episode of the TT Daily Podcast. That's right, we are daily, because over the next two weeks we'll be on hand every morning to give you the latest news, behind the scenes access, exclusive insight and all the developing stories from the 2022 Isle of Man TT races, fueled by Monster Energy. I'm Chris Pritchard and joining me as ever, Steve Plater. Steve, it's that time, how are we doing? It's finally here. It's been a long wait, but uh, I'm mega excited to crack on with this. I really am. The coverage as well as the action we're going to get over the next two weeks. I don't know how the riders could be even more excited than I am because like, I'm like a kid at Christmas right now. Hey, listen, they're all. some are excited, some aren't. Obviously, they've been to the Northwest 200 and some people are happy as Larry and other ones have been struggling. So no different to any other race meeting from that side, but... Uh, Anything like the Northwest, there's going to be a massive amount of people obviously visiting the the, the island and uh, are going to be soaking up that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So as I say, over the next two weeks, we'll be bringing you the TT Podcast daily. With episodes dropping first thing every day, we'll be on hand to get you in amongst the action as we work up and down the paddock, which I presume Steve will be doing that a lot of, up and down the paddock, right? Busy, busy, yep, yeah, all day, every day. That's the usual job in all fairness, but now we have to talk about it as well. well. Am I going to have to wear overalls as well? Oh, yeah. Well, mine, well, mine are fitted, actually, already. I've got, I've got a couple of pairs. I'd like to see your ankles sticking out the bottom of mine. Do you think I'd, I'd suit the black ones or the blue ones? Black. Definitely. Bring out the colour of my eyes. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're going to begin this TT Daily podcast with a special preview episode of the podcast. Just before the action gets underway and the first bikes head off down Glencourtry Road start line for the first qualifying, we thought we'd take one last in-depth look at the big stories across all the classes. Joining me and Steve today with this comprehensive look ahead, I'm delighted to say we are joined by editor of Superbike Magazine, John Hogan, and competitor, Maria Costello, MBE. What a lineup! Hello, guys. You all right? Not too Hello. bad. Who's going to talk first? You talk first, Maria. Me talk first. Hello. It's great to be on this podcast. Um, and thanks for letting me go first, John. No worries. Uh, I'm going to do what I reckon I'll be doing for the most of the TT, which is hanging around at the back, getting in the way and... Chucking the odd tidbit on the table to talk about. <laughs> well, hopefully you've got more than that because that's what I—that's my plan, John. <laughs> I hand it over to the professionals. Where are they? Where are they? Oh, Steve! <laughs> oh, that was a... getting it in early, Steve. Careful. That was a early. sword. That wasn't a knife. Oh, that careful. was a sword. <laughs> I'm getting one in early. I know you've got one lined up for me anyway. So. Right. Anyway, after three years, there is plenty to cover, and obviously we don't have a great deal of time to do it, so we're going to try and get in as much as we can during this podcast. We're going to go through all the classes, and guys, you three are the professionals, especially you two, Maria and Steve. You've been there and you've done it. You've got a bit more in-depth knowledge than I guess me and John have, so I'm going to shoot it over to you guys, and I want your opinions on who we think is going to do well in each event, what the stories are coming up in the events, and who we should be looking out for during these events. So we may as well get started with the first race of the week, which is obviously the RST Superbike race. Like, there's going to be so many nerves, there's going to be so many um, unanswered questions, I guess, because we've been away for, for so long. So, Steve, what's uh, what's the big story coming out of the RST Superbike? It's a tough one to answer immediately, because, you know, first first things first, the guys need a real good week of testing and riding and getting back up to pace around the TT course because things have changed so much. You know, I've done, I've done a couple of laps when we had the TT launch, of course, and um, a lot of resurfacing, a lot of corners have been um, sorted out and cambers perfected. And, you know, the guys are going to love it without doubt, but it's going to be very different also. And I think faster. 
But of course, the guys have got to get their eye in, uh, find out where they're going before they can start thinking, really, too much about the first race. But however, to answer your question, you can never obviously bet against uh, Hickey and Dean. But I do believe, you know, David Todd and a few of the others, you know, that, that know their way around and, and don't really need to practice. Your McGuinnesses and Connor Cummins and... Um, and a few others are going to be pushing to, to make a name for themselves in that first race when everybody's not quite up to speed. So do you think we'll, um, and I'll throw this one to you, Maria, do you think we'll see people potentially pushing harder, expecting other riders to have not quite got up to speed, or by the time we get to the race, will everything have settled, we'll see where everyone's at qualifying-wise, and that'll be kind of the run of the uh, the race itself? It's all going to depend on that practice week, isn't it? It's all going to depend on the weather, how many laps people are getting in on their bikes. Like Steve saying, the Northwest was a real mixture for everybody. Loads of people ironing out problems when you think they're going to turn up there and be prepared. And that's that's what exactly what practice is for. Um, and then it's going to be the first race of the week. And it's going to be who's getting to that point, uh, the end of practice week, in the best position. Obviously, Dean and Hickey, um, the big rivals and I would say Hickey's probably coming into this as favourite um, he won the two lap race in 2019 didn't he and he's had a difficult northwest but a fast northwest that bike under him is quick um, he didn't do a huge amount of laps because they had tyre issues but he's I think he was close to the um, new lap record before he had to pull out um of the races so good my money's on him but also dean he had a he had a really positive northwest um fourth in the superbike there um again he had a dnf in saturday a fourth in qualifying he had a dnf in saturday's race again with the tire issues but they're both coming into this really strong aren't they as usual talking of those tire issues john um do you think anyone's going to be going into the TT expecting these these tyres to do what they did at the Northwest, or do you think we'll be sorted? I think lots of people have got lots of questions about the Dunlops, but when you when you get in the paddock and speak to the riders, you realise that they're you know the Dunlop guys are supremely confident in Dunlop to have resolved the issues that they had with delamination at the Northwest. The social media has made it so easy for everyone to have an opinion on this thing now that everyone seems to know something that somebody else doesn't. But I spoke to to Pat Walsh, the you know the UK motorsport manager for Dunlop Tyres, over the weekend, a couple of weeks ago at Donington, and apart from being absolutely devastated that that he had to make that call, he's supremely confident in Dunlop. This isn't their first rodeo; they're going to have sorted the issues out. Um, and if you go back and look at Hickey's statement on Dunlop, again, he's he can see it for what it is. It was a delamination issue. He's he's massively confident that Dunlop will have sorted it out. So I, aside from it being unfortunate at the Northwest. I don't think it's going to be an issue this week. And they'll have ironed it out within the first couple of laps of practice in practice week. So come race day, I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. So, Maria, let me throw it back to you. If that had happened to you at the Northwest and then you rock up to the start line uh, uh, at the TT, would that, even though Dunlop are saying what they're saying, would you feel 100% confident? How can I even comment? I'm not in that situation. It, it well, would be are. a difficult one. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Um, the thing is, I mean, I've I've had similar issues where you've got a problem with the bike, and then you you sort it out and you get back on the bike and you you're not thinking about it right. when you're out there. You've really got to have that confidence before you set off. 
it's a wild situation. I mean, um, but that's that's the way it is in racing. Ultimately, you mm-hmm. put everything together, um, get your bike ready, and you have to have that confidence before you can even set off. So let's hope that's correct, and I'm sure it will be, that they will have resolved the issues, and everyone can just get down to business. Not the same with you, Steve. Would you, would, you, would you be? Would you even give it a second thought? Is it like if you've had a little problem in practice that that problem goes out the window because you know your mechanics have fixed it or is there still a little bit in your mind going ah, ah, yeah but is it fixed listen uh, pat walsh the guy that uh, john mentioned he's been at dunlop tires and motorsport heading that for over 30 years and he's never experienced anything like it yeah. you know, it's, it, it's it, it just doesn't happen it's a a batch uh, a bad batch that have been manufactured and with the adhes- uh, the adhesion that obviously holds the the outside um, uh, tread on the on on the carcass um, certainly a massive issue. Um, but to answer your question, you know, for me, no, if you can't detach yourself from negatives that happened in the past, then you're never going to win races yeah. ever. So um, not not everybody can do that. Some people do get a little bit paranoid, but uh, I'd be very confident. You know, I've won all of my road races on Dunlop tyres, and I'd be very confident in the product they're going to bring. And to, just to cap that off, they work so differently from that road race to the Alaman TT because you never get off the centre of the tyre there, so it generally overheats massively. For the TT, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure... um, Well, I know Dunlop are very confident there's going to be no issues whatsoever. So the rumour of them using used prophylactics for these tyres at the North West is is not true. Rumours. You spend your life on social media. (laughs) Hey, that's just one I read. Facebook uh, and Twitter is a brilliant place to go and learn absolutely nothing but hear everything. You know, um, it's it's really difficult, especially as a journalist. When I know I should pick up pick up the phone to Pat, and then pick up the phone to Davy Todd, and then and then speak to each of those riders that have had an issue. I'm fortunate in the position that I'm in that I can do that. But there are loads of people out there that have got a big following that that aren't in that position, or they choose not to use it and just. Um, just go out chasing stories and you know finding a clickbait headline that might drag a few users onto a website, um, which again, everybody gets to read these things. But some of the guys that are reading them are riders themselves, so I don't know if that's helping their confidence when they know that they can just trust in Dunlop to deal with the issues. Steve, you'll remember. You know, I spoke to McGuinness at, at Donington Park a couple of weeks ago, and he can remember being at the TT and having batches specifically made at the factory in France and flown in for races based on the conditions that week in TT practice. I don't know if they're still in a position to do that, but they've certainly, you know, they've definitely done that in the past. Yeah, without doubt. You know, they, they can react um, in a very quick time to if there are issues or something, the, the, the front riders especially, the, the fastest riders, should I say, that, that, that aren't happy and, and, and feel, you know, they need a better tyre to, to last for six laps, especially on the superbike. Um, so, yeah, of course they can do that. Um, I'm not sure... In the modern world, unfortunately, everybody's so busy and there's such a, a lack or seems to be uh, a step behind in production for retail, let alone sports, that uh, that will be difficult this year without doubt. But, um, you know, I'm very confident they'll come there with the right product um, and they won't even be flipping mentioned all the way through the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, before we move on to the next one, I want predictions of who we think is going to win this race, starting with Steve. First race, uh, the RST Superbike TT. For me, the winner will be Dean Harrison. Maria. I'm gonna go with a uh I'm gonna go with Davy Todd. What a northwest he had. Um yeah, Davy Todd. John? I'm gonna go with a slightly outside Hutchie. 
Ooh. Just because, just because Hutchie. If he's gone, you know, he knows that team. He said in that interview that we did in the in the TT build up that he just wants a safe bet, and he's on a mega bike with a team that he knows. So mm-hmm. why not? Why not Hutchie? If anybody cares, I'm going for Hickey. I'll check you out, flipping heck. <laughs> it's too easy. Sorry. It's too easy. Sorry. Next up, Monster Energy Super Sport Race. Steve, let's go to you first. What are we, uh, what are we looking forward to in this one? <sighs> Much harder to call, from my opinion. Yeah. You know, and I know, obviously, whether it's British Championship, whether it's um, the Mastart, Northwest 200, or the TT, it's going to be the closest race and the toughest to call, without doubt. You know, I would say... Obviously, Lee Johnston is going to be on the pace. David Todd's going to be on the pace. Uh, Michael Dunlop, Hickey. Um, do you know what? I'm going to say Michael Dunlop. That's my call. Oh, I, I predicted it already. Yeah, just yeah. because... Um, Get it in there early, Steve. Well, no, Michael... Yeah, I have a lot of time for Michael anyway, as you know. But, he, you know, I think he didn't show his true colours on the Supersport at the Northwest 200. I think he's very confident in that bike. Um, it's a good package, you know. However... They're all on good packages and they're all really fast and they're, they're performing really well at other championships and, and races. So it's it's the hardest one to call without doubt. Yeah. Uh, John, do you think Lee's um, focus on his Supersport Championship in the British uh, Supersport Championship is going to help him there? Do you think he goes into it as favourite, obviously winning that last race in, in 2019 as well? Oh, he has to, doesn't he? You know, the, the pace that he's showing on the short circuits is amazing and... He's kind of he's going to be in the same boat with everyone else in having to deal with some of the new bikes in that class, the seven six five Triumphs, maybe a cheeky V twin Ducati sneaking in there as well. Um, I don't know if he'd be my favourite in that race, but he's certainly got a feature on the podium. Go on, man, tell us who is your favourite. I don't want to copy Steve ever, but it's, you'd never rule out <laughs> anyone called Michael Dunlop at a road race, would you? If he can get a bike to the grid, he's yeah. in with a chance. Uh, you know, he's got the skills under six hundred. He's always got skills on everything, but the 600 race to me is a is a Michael Dunlop shaped race. I'm trying not to talk about Davy because uh, I'm not a fan of shining the light on the newcomer guys, and and I kind of, you know, he, he's only been coming to the TT since 2018 as a racer, and the first time he went as a fan was only a year before. So it'd be good to give Davy a little bit of space and let him develop. But his pace at the Northwest on that rocket ship that Clive Paget built was properly impressive. Well, he told us he don't listen to this podcast anyway, so say what you want about ah, it. Good. Well, good. Uh, Dave, you'll win by 10 seconds. There we go. I'm, I'm pleased you mentioned that because, you know, uh, I think that'll have a big, um, you know, uh, a big kind of interference with some of those riders because they haven't been at the TT too long. You know, he's obviously a very talented guy and and shining uh, every other race, but it's it's going to be tough for somebody that's done two TTs and two away. It's a, it's, it's a massive learning curve once again. Yeah, I mean, you look at his, I think he's won a Supersport 600 race at the Northwest, which as a newcomer is, is you know, a mega showing. But there's a big difference between four laps at the Northwest 200 uh, and a TT Supersport race. So I'm just going to do my best, even though I'm a massive Davy Todd fan, to, to shift along and talk about somebody else and just let him go about his business. Yeah, well, let's see if Maria picks up on that, because obviously you are a... a a seasoned David Todd fan. <laughs> In fact, the, I think the first time I ever heard David Todd's name mentioned was 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 from you, Maria, when we're at RST, really? from RST, yeah. And I didn't know who he was. I think this is just as he was. I remember seeing a, a picture of him on a Kawasaki. I think that was his first year in Super Junior Superstock, uh, Junior Super Sport in the British Championship. Yeah, 
I I played a little tiny part in his TTW and um, did some uh, went over to the Isle of Man and went round in the car learning the course with him and um, never forget um, obviously I was competing at the same TT at his first TT I was getting ready to go out on my super twin as he'd just done his newcomer's lap and he had the biggest smile on his face and I just remember saying you were so right about that ginger hall section it's so bumpy and he was just uh, loving it which was wonderful I've never got involved with any newcomers because it's such a huge um, commitment and um, yeah I, it's a big thing to uh, help somebody who's going there for the first time but I'd seen what he'd done at the Ulster uh, on a very uncompetitive bike and seen what he was doing on the roads and knew that he was super competitive and talented and that all the help was going to help him. It, it was important. Just like Peter Hickman, when he went there as a newcomer, all the laps he did, he kind of set the standard for newcomers for going there and, and going around in your hire car and learning the place because there is no substitute for that and um, so that's that's why he's on my radar and I'm a fan and obviously with what he's doing it's it was incredible to watch him at the Northwest and um, he he would be one of my favorites I, I, I agree with Steve this is the most difficult class nobody's mentioned Hillier Mm. Um, and then we've got lots of, uh, we, we'll have newcomers in this race. Okay, maybe they're not going to podium, but um, it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in the mix. Be fantastic. So who's your, who's your prediction? But I think I'm going to go with Lee, Lee Johnson, just um, class act at the moment. Yeah. Again, stunning Northwest. I know I'm talking a lot about the Northwest, but that's where we've just all come from. And um, I know they're different. But they're the most similar. They're the most similar. And he had a stunning um, Northwest winning the Supersport race. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. I suppose it's the only gauge of, of how, rider, how riders are going, how bikes are going on road circuits. Like you say, Maria, it is a completely different beast, but it is the best indication we've got. You can't always rely on what's happening in British Championship as to as to what you're going to see at the TT. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. It's the, it's the nearest you can get to go and test any machinery, obviously, on 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 the terrain that, that, is, that is a normal public road yeah. with, with um, you know, negative cambers, a big crown in the middle of the road, rough points, soft, you know, good fast points and, and so on. Um, but however, it's so, so, so different from the Alaman TT course. It really mm -hmm. is. And that's what makes it so interesting. Two separate venues and different skill levels and different approaches. Yeah, you can take all that confidence you, you get from the Northwest and it doesn't always yeah. then, I guess, yeah. translate. You see, I still think David Todd uh, lost... That race at Northwest, Lee Johnson didn't win it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I think if anyone has the time between, you know, when they've listened to this, um, um, when the races get under the way, underway here, if you go back and look at how Lee and Davey won and lost that race, it, it all seemed to be on the brakes. Whenever Lee tried to cut his own air out of the slipstream from Davey, he couldn't. He couldn't get past that Honda when they were driving. It was either coming off corners or going into corners on the brakes that Lee... Uh, flick back into a short circuit mode and just dick Davy really. So I think when that Honda's away cutting its own air, uh, I just get the feeling that, that that's a race winning bike. Whether, you know, whether we should still be talking about the fact that Davy's riding it 
I don't know, but that bike is a rocket. So John's gone Michael, Maria's gone Lee, I'm going Lee, Steve? I was Michael. Michael. Yeah. Right. Right, this one's going to be a little more biased, I think, and we'll start with Maria on this one. The three-wheeling.media sidecar racers. Well, I'm going to be in it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Are we are we picking are we picking podiums? No, no we don't need to. No, we don't need to do that till the end. I just want to get your your take on the story of the uh, the sidecars. Who you think is going to be at the pointy end? What stories we need to be looking for? Probably a bit further down the uh, the grid as well, because there's obviously there's it's more than just the Birchels, the sidecar racers, and you know, like you say, you're part of it. It it is more than just the Birchels, but well, they're hard to beat. I mean, they've been unbeaten since 2012 uh, with only a few mechanicals that have put them off the podium there um, they are pushing boundaries with that sidecar um, regards development technology um, and of course they've come so close to 120 miles an hour lap and um, I'm you know I'm sure they'd like to get that as well um, they're they're brothers. They're, they've got such a special connection um, as driver and passenger. The whole package is really hard to beat. But we've got um, John Holden. We've got uh, Dave Molyneux on the KTM. Uh, that's something I'm actually really excited to see because I've been sharing short circuits with him, watching him compete on that Um the first half of this season so um it's very exciting to see him bringing that um machine into the tt um it has been competitive on short circuits but will it be at the tt like we're saying it's a completely different ball game from short circuits to the other man it's a huge challenge um and the sidecars have to do three continuous laps so that's uh, and it has to pull two people around. So it's uh, it's it's a big challenge for machine, not just the two people on it. Yeah, John. Yeah, I don't know. The Birchalls have got that. They've been testing some kind of magical new setup, and I'm you know I'm pretty good pals with them. And Maria might be able to shine a bit more of a light technically onto what they've done. But uh, the big question for me is whether Molly can make that KTM motor work like it needs to work at the TT. I think, and, and again, Maria can set me straight, I think it's nearly 80% of a lap on a sidecar is spent pinned, absolutely pinned on the top in stop. So so can a, can a parallel twin live at max RPM for th- you know however many laps? Even one lap is a big question. Uh, that's the biggest question for me in this class. You know, Molly's clearly absolutely, you know, his, his successes there in the past speak for themselves. I think it's a bit of a roll of the dice, or you know, with regards to going for that motor and that setup. Yeah, when I spoke to him at the um, at the TT launch, he almost not that a racer ever doesn't care about winning. Clearly, he wants to win, but he said it's just fun bringing something brand new to the TT. He said he's not necessarily caring if he wins. He just wants to he wants to to expose what else is capable from sidecars. It, it's more than fun. It's he's trying to. Um, give sidecar racing something that it needs because Mm -hmm. it's getting so expensive that obviously we have very open rules at the TT which is wonderful and the Birchalls are uh, that's why they're able to 
push the boundaries so much but it is tough for everyone else um of course financially to be able to match that um and um dave's dave's just bringing in this new bringing in the ktm because it's something that actually is going to work for the future hopefully for the sport full stop not just for the tt so maybe he is giving something away when it comes to getting a result at the tt but uh i i think it's wonderful what he's doing for the sport um regards the virtuals and what they've been doing i i haven't actually um seen them um anywhere where i've been racing i don't think they've done any world championship races this year and i'm just as intrigued to find out what they've done um with their outfit for the tt so as a, uh, as I you john well, I think in uh, in very basic, I'm a journo, but pretending I know more than I really do terms, what they've done is separated the distance between uh, the primary drive and the, and the secondary drive. So in effect, if you can picture a regular motorbike having a swing arm and a chain and, a co and cogs at either end, what they've done is added a cog in the middle so that there's two separate chain runs. And it does some kind of sidecar magic that allows the drive to, to be even better than it has in the past. Um, wow. There's been massive questions over heat dissipation because the chain runs are really short, which is creating loads of friction, but the power losses are smaller than a traditional long chain setup. And if it works, I don't think anyone will see those boys for dust. But if it doesn't work, you know, they'll be they'll be sat at the bottom of Bray Hill wondering where their next pint of beer is coming from before the race is finished. Steve, have you got any uh, inside information on this? Because I know you've been talking to them recently. Yeah, I have. You know, I've seen I've seen what's been going on. You know, obviously, uh, I was sworn to secrecy in all fairness. I can't believe Mr. Edwards told everybody what it flipping is. Mate, it's race day. <laughs> Come on, it's on. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> they've been doing some extensive testing in Croatia, an awful lot of mileage, which is what's needed, obviously, with, with as as John's mentioned about the, the heat uh, cycles that are going through the chains and various things, but the lap times have been phenomenal on short circuits. So... As long as the reliability is there, then um, they only need nine more seconds over the lap to get that 120 mile an hour. So uh, obviously, you know, I've experienced passengering for, for Ben Birchill and, you know, I knew he didn't actually ask. I knew I could see the look in his eye. He wanted me full time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but um, I'm quite confident in, in what they can do. However, it is an endurance mm -hmm. and... I, I would just so love to see Molly, you know, not just on the podium, but on the top step, you know, and going back to what you were saying, Molly just doesn't do things for fun. 150%. Yeah, he maybe you know, he, he, he means it. Right. Yeah. And uh, if they can get that thing in the ballpark, then uh, anything can happen. What about the Crow Brothers? Yeah, no, great guys, you know. Mm -hmm. I've obviously spent some time with those boys at um, at the launch and, and seen what they've been doing. They're going from strength to strength very, very quickly. Um, you know, it's difficult because if the weather's good through practice, they're going to obviously bank a lot more time together as well as against the course and, and hopefully keep improving. Um, and as long as they can keep relaxed, then they'll improve even quicker. That's the mm -hmm. hardest part. It's when the, it's when you start knocking on the door of being on the proper pace, that's when the pressure starts and that's when it can make you a little bit slower. So it just depends on how they react to that as well. Yeah, good shout. So I think we're all in agreement here that it's the virtuals to lose again. If the weather's good during practice week, are we going to see that 120 mile an hour lap go? I would say definitely. Maria? If the course is in good condition, then yeah. Yeah. They're so close, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think it has to. Well, it doesn't have to at all. But, but <laughs> that's a strong <laughs> statement. The, the fact that there is, you know, two relatively uh, bold and very unique approaches from Molly and the virtuals with stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, like, you know, we're either going to see the, the the best racers in the sidecar race sat out early because neither of them has worked, or one of them is going to absolutely smash it. Good shout. And uh, finally, Maria, what's your prediction for yourself? Top five. Oof. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Chris. Oh, no. <laughs> I can I look. Just say it. Don't be mean. modest. I would like to f- start and finish both races. You know what? That's where I'm starting for this TT. We've had nearly three years off. Uh, I'm going there with a developed sidecar. I've got some changes, which I've loved on short circuits, and I hope that transfers to the TT course. What, David, David Todd in the chair? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, it was going to be you, Steve, but you opted out. No, I've got, I've got the wonderful Vicky Cook. And um, yeah, we've been working together last year and the start of this year. And um, I know she's just like you, Chris. She is like a kid at Christmas, excited. <laughs> <laughs> Very talented and excited for this TT. See, in fact, Maria, you can be the new co-host of this podcast. <laughs> He's never got a nice word to say about me. So, <laughs> thank you. I'm taking that, Steve. You're you, sacked. you can't say the hand signals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Superstock race, Steve. Over to you on this one. Oh, it's a tough one. You know, probably. Arguably one of the most important to the manufacturers. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, effort going in there. What wide open? You know, Hick is very strong, obviously, super bike and super stock. Um, arguably, I would say Michael Dunlop as well. Very, very strong there. You know, there's a, there's a. Uh, that's a tough one to answer. It really is. Um, I would say my favourite would have to be Hickey. Yeah. On the BMW, yes. Okay. John? I'm not going to go for the favourite, the guy that should win. I'm going to go for the race win that I want to see as a, as a fanboy, and that is uh, Dunlop, Hutchie, McGuinness in the Superstop race. Dunlop, Hutchie, yeah. In, in any order, I just want to see great racing. You know, we haven't seen the TT for years. It is what it is. I'd really like to enjoy seeing a race with, with uh, you know, big names doing what they're supposed to do up the front. And if John's having a good year in the Superstop race... He's going to be there or thereabouts, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully. You know, can't rule anyone out. The top five in any of these races are only ever a, a snap chain or, you know, an incorrect fuel load away from a podium or a win. So I'm going to go with that. Hutchie, Dunlop, McGuinness in any order. Oh, I like that. How about you, Maria? Well, I'm going to mention some names that we haven't talked oh, about. Do, yeah. I'm going to mention Michael Rutter. I'm going to mention Connor Cummings. And I'm going to mention Hillier again. And because you just never know what is going to happen in those races at the TT. And I just want to give them a shout out as much as anything, because um, it's so easy to sort of concentrate on these. Uh, it's so easy to say hickey, isn't it? It's so mm-hmm. easy to say hickey. Um, Same with Dean. Because I'm trying not to say their names, just to mix it up a bit. Same with that <laughs> other guy from Bradford. <laughs> But you're right. You could literally take the potentially the top ten, all with all more than capable of making it onto the podium, and it is only those those slight 
differences, those marginal gains that will determine who, who, who ends up on the top spot. You could be talking about Lee Johnson on the top spot. You wouldn't normally have him down as a super stock rider, but he could potentially take the win. I th- personally think this is the race that David Todd's going to win. This is the one that I've, I've got him down for. He's going really well in Superstock. What? What are you laughing at? I'm just, I'm just, Mom, we're going to throw something else to you now. Right, oh, a tenner a piece. Yeah. In the kitchen. <laughs> All right. He's the most confident now. Yeah, Davey. I'll have a tenner on it. Get in. <laughs> Next up, we'll start with you on this one, Maria. The Bennett's Super Twin Race. Obviously, this is close to your heart. We had some cracking races at the Northwest 200. I know we don't like to mention it, but I'm, I'm sure you're going to. Talk to me about it. <laughs> Yes, I am going to mention the races at the Northwest because, um, thankfully, despite rain and bad weather and delays, etc., cancelling the race on the Thursday, we got to do two on the Saturday in good conditions. So we had some fantastic um, races and I'm going to pick out Lee Johnston on the Aprilia um, for this class. He's proven that a new machine to the class is actually going to be competitive, um, which I wasn't sure of um, going to the TT because um, you, you've, you've got the likes of the patterns, um, which I'm going to be on, and um, they were so dominant before. Um, we've got Joe Lachlan. He did brilliantly at the Northwest. He's on a pattern another Mark Coverdale bike and we've also got Michael Rutter on a pattern again um so I, I sound like I'm concentrating on the patterns but like I like I also just said <laughs> I'm you're on one I'm, I'm, and they're, I'm they're normally go the bike to beat they normally are the bike to beat um but I think we're gonna see the class mixed up um with these other machi- with the other machinery in it, so it's going to be um, great racing. Now, John, you've probably done more due diligence than I have. Uh, I watched the, the Northwest races, and one thing I noticed of Lee's bike in that first race was just how slow it looked in a straight line. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you think about why each of these bikes exists, the pattern has been built to win road races. That's that's where it's come from. It was born out of a desire to win races on the roads. So the Aprilia is a road bike that that's ready to go racing. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that it's probably still being developed, and and Northwest was a big chunk of that development time. So I would expect it to be a quicker or faster bike than it was at Northwest. Whether or not that means they're they're trading reliability for speed, I don't know yet, but. Uh, it's definitely a fast bike. It's definitely got something that's going to open the class up. And you, you know, I'm going to go with the easy money on this one and say Lee and that Prillia is um, is where I'm going to have my tenor in this round. Nice. And Steve, the man we spoke to him on the uh, the podcast recently, he's running number one for this. Jamie Coward. What's his chances against Lee and that um, Aprilia? Because he seems to be the the favourite now going into it. I would say that's his probably his best chance of a TT win at the moment you know he's a great guy he's a top privateer um, does a fabulous job he knows his way around of course um, same as everybody else he's, had, um, he's missed the, the last two years of course he's on a great package um, and he come very close last time so I can't see any reason why he can't be challenging for that top step of the podium I really do mm-hmm. you know of course as, as Maria said the patterns are very very strong of course however it's an endurance, and these are the toughest bikes to get to the finish line. So I really do believe that he could be on for his first win. Yeah, let's hope those Italians have tightened all those bolts and done what they need to do. 
<laughs> and Maria, for your uh, your own personal race, what are your expectations going into it? Same as the sidecars? Uh, yes, it is going to be similar to the sidecars. Or, uh, although, obviously, this is more of what I'm used to. This is solo racing. This is where I have my own personal goals um i did have a difficult start to the northwest i didn't actually get the bike until a week before and we had to iron out lots of problems there um so obviously i'm really thankful that we we did we had that opportunity to do that and uh, i matched my best at the northwest which i'm pretty shocked at myself um so going to the tt i'm in a, a a pretty decent place i'm so looking forward to riding it around there um got to have a look at the course whilst i was at the tt launch and um see those changes and i, I do think it's in really good condition and yeah absolutely mega keen to get started what is your goal for the tt you said personal goals oh i'd love to um be the new fastest female my... on the tt that's going to be quite difficult on a pattern (laughs) for me but thanks john um i'd like to just go and improve my personal best at the tt on the pattern um yeah let's see if i have got um the right bike to do that on i think you have good luck thank you the last race of the week the milwaukee senior tt maria let me throw it straight back to you Big race. There's lots of pressure on those riders that have. By the time we get there, we'll know what what's happened, obviously. But there'll be riders there who won't have performed as they expected. They might have potentially had mechanical issues. This is their last chance: one to race around the TT, and two to get that race win. What do we think we're going to see? This is where they've had not only a whole week of practice, but they've also had a whole week of racing, and um, that plays a big part when it comes to the senior all that extra time and um, this is often where you see very different results um, for different reasons there's often quite um, a lot of attrition it's 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 at the end of two weeks of riding and they've got to do six more laps in a race I mean it's just an incredible feat alone but to do that at the end of two weeks is um, quite a challenge, um, not only for the rider, but for the machine as well. So picking a winner, I'm going to go with David Todd. Oh, that'd be massive for him. After all that um, that hype that we weren't going to give him, like John just said, you know, <laughs> let this newcomer... That's what John said. <laughs> I never said I was, wasn't going to give him any hype. <laughs> so, John... <laughs> What's what's your feeling about the uh, the senior? Uh, for me, I think <clears throat> again, I'm the fanboy. I'm I'm speaking more for the fans than through the eyes of a racer like Maria and Steve. So what I'd really like to see is lap seven of the 2018 senior TT carry on and Hickey and Dean just going at it from the start. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the dream ticket for me. But I think if I'm trying to guess based on the tiny amount of experience I've had with with all of the road races this year. I can see Michael Dunlop on a hybrid stocker featuring in the senior race. I think he'll make one of those last-minute decisions that only he is good at making, and he'll come out fighting in the senior on on a Honda super stock bike with superbike spec suspension, and he'll feature. And anyone else? I can't say Davy Todd. I don't want to say anything about anyone else other than John McGuinness, just because I'm a 
ginormous John McGuinness fan. So yeah, John rides around doing massive wheelies. Everyone else breaks down, and on the last lap, he rolls onto the podium. We all have a brilliant day. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. And the only I'd the, like to put him on my podium as well, though. Absolutely. John. Yeah. Yeah. I think every TT fan sure. would would want him be on, on there. The actual only person that's ever won a TT out of all of us, Steve. What's your views? What's uh, what well, are the riders going into the last? Obviously, it's the one that everybody wants to win. Around. Yeah, they're all they're all in. It's all, it's incredible. First of all, finishing a flipping TT, but I mean to get on any yeah, TT podium in, in any class is is a massive task. It really is. Um, but the senior is what, especially I suppose the the guys that have won other races, they're desperate to win the senior because it's the big one. It's the blue ribbon. It's the last race of the week as mm-hmm. well, uh, of course. But um, what do you want? A prediction. I just again, I, I just kind of want to know what you think is going to be happening there. But until we've had practice week, until we've seen the races, you see, we have me, no idea me, really, do not, we? It's not physical at all. The Isle of Man TT, not in the slightest. No, no, it's mentally draining, mentally mm-hmm. tough. You know, it really is. It's a, a huge weight lifted over your shoulders at the end of the two weeks, but it's as much mental as anything else. Um, you know, it's a it's a big ask, especially the six lappers, of course, because uh, you only get a quick rest every two laps. You know, every uh, just over seventy miles, so it's a, it's a it's a tough game. It really is. Um, you need a lot of luck with the TT for a win. You know, because it's all about endurance. You know, everybody will say, "Well, if if it wasn't for that, I'd have won that easy." Well, yeah, but everything it's the package. It's all yeah. got to get to the line, and and the only important part of that lap is the one with the checker flag. You know, go on then now. That now, race. now give me a prediction. Right, Hutchie. Oh yeah, I am. I think I, I do believe Hutchie will struggle in the first race um, because he's not had as much time on the bike and he's going to be ticking over and going from strength to strength all week. Um, you know, you got to remember, obviously, practice this year they're only setting off one at a time, so it's not going to be quite as competitive mm-hmm. uh, setting off for practice. So they haven't got really a bee in a bonnet with the person if they're leading them or chasing them as well. So I think Hutchie will build up nicely over the over the uh, the fortnight, especially through the races. And uh, if he's going to have a good TT, it'll be the senior, the one he has. Yeah, I'm going for uh, Connor Cummins. Ah, good shout. Yeah. Only because you want free pizza. Damn right. <laughs> and there we go, we've wrapped it up. John, thank you so much. I guess we'll see you in a couple of days' time on the island. You will do. Maria, best of luck for your uh, your races. We'll be cheering you thank on. Thank you. You better and be. Steve, um, yeah, I guess I'll see you out there, right? Tipped up. You want me to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> well, that's it for the preview episode of the TT Daily. Hopefully, that has whet your appetite for what is arguably the most eagerly awaited TT so far. A reminder that we will be bringing you daily coverage on this podcast feed throughout the TT fortnight, whether you're on the Isle of Man watching the bikes firsthand or following along at home via TT Plus with your TT Plus Live Pass. So make sure you are following this podcast on your pod app of choice and have pressed that notification bell so you receive every episode as soon as it drops. Bye for now.